Hey everybody and welcome, welcome back uh, to the, the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, my name is Aid, and on the balance of things, I'm glad to be here, but more on that in a minute because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Um, with me is Graham. Hey, Graham. Hey, how you doing, Aid? <laughs> here. Bit better. Better than last time, yeah. Better than last time. Yeah. Better, better, definitely better than last time we had to do a podcast. Yeah, yeah that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, Claire, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. Um, I've been busy. I've been away. Um, yeah, doing some film stuff. And then I was in Paris. I just came back on, um, what day? Monday. Yeah. Very glamorous. <laughs> yeah. How, how is Paris? I was going to say how is Paris in the springtime, but it's kind of not really springtime yeah. anymore. It was actually it was quite mild. It dropped the temperature really dropped obviously in the evening, but yeah, <laughs> that that was what you wanted to know about, wasn't it? The weather report from Paris. <laughs> uh, well, I haven't been there myself recently. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know things going through my head. Have they finished rebuilding Notre Dame yet? Yeah, which was, no, yeah, sad. No, I don't know. No, that's that's like a twenty year <laughs> job, isn't it? But. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah anyway um and uh we have with us a super special guest uh with us today this evening whatever it is um please uh give it up for <laughs> hamish gill hey mate how you doing yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay you know, right so the show notes same, today really. <laughs> The show notes today says says that this is to be an upbeat conversation, and we are we are going to be celebrating uh, the life of our friend John. Mm. Uh, we'll do our bestest for that, um, uh, as tricky as that might be. Um, but that's uh, you know that's what we're here to do, um, and yeah, we will we will do our best to stick to that. As I say, um, I uh, I don't know. Preparing for this conversation has been you know as, as you might expect. Um, <laughs> Yeah, ups and downs. Um, but uh, let's. Um, I, I don't know. Normally, normally you see, I'd start a podcast by picking on somebody to say what you've been up to recently. But just uh, yeah, most of the, the sort of standard podcast gambits fall by the wayside at a time like this. Um, I uh, I was hoping uh, I'll start. I guess to share. Um, I was hoping that John and I were going to have a really good run at the Lighting Lounge podcast. We had a, mm -hmm. a cracking idea there. Neither of us ever found the time to follow through with it, uh, but we had a lot of fun talking about it. And um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's uh, it was good. It was going to be good. It was. It's the best podcast I never made. It totally was. <laughs> it was great. I was listening back to those episodes. I've been um, to. We, we all sort of find our way through things as best we can and i've been finding a lot of comfort over the last few weeks listening back to john talking on the podcast so i'm so glad that we brought him on board i'm so glad that back at the beginning of um or i guess yeah early 2020 you decided to slope off for a break and a fag out of back aid eh? <laughs> and and it's great so glad you fucked it off aid eh? <laughs> yes um oh, i'm so glad eh, that you just did one because <laughs> <laughs> because it, if it hadn't been for that we wouldn't have said okay well we need some people to try and fill this age-shaped hole and obviously because the age-shaped hole is quite a big hole so we need two people so we got the wonderful claire and john on board as well and 
it was such a selfish thing. It was such a very selfish thing because. Um, Did you mean me sloping off, or, or <laughs> well, obviously you sloping off is a very selfish thing, but we're all used to that. But no, for like for me personally, because I at that point met and hung out with John a couple of times. We, I mean, we'd met at the photography show a couple of years before, but not very well, just very briefly, because I'd been running around like a nutter all day. And then we'd met better at his dark shed thing. Um, and then I dragged him down here for probably one of the most enjoyable days I've had when we were mucking around with the Ilford paper. We I had such a great time with him. Um, and we spent, and this is no exaggeration, probably six or seven hours in the confines of my very small shed but towards the latter end of it huffing some fairly obnoxious chemicals and it ended up at sort of 12 o'clock at night we were both just shattered but it just had so much fun doing that and so when the opportunity to go I wonder if I can get John to come and join us because I just knew that he would fit in um it was so much it was just like, well, I'm going to get to hang out with him more. I'm going to force him to turn up here and he's going to have to talk to me because we're doing a podcast. Um, and um, I'm so glad we did. And I'm so glad that the lighting show, even though it never got past episode one, technically. <laughs> <laughs> I think episode, episode zero, I think. I think it was, you know, it was it was half a pilot. It wasn't even a whole pilot. No, 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 you did. Well, you had episode zero, which... <laughs> Which was you guys sat around going, what, what's our podcast going to be? And then there's episode one or zero, which was you discussing terminology. Um, oh, so, we did do that. Sorry, yeah. Well, how could I forget that? I know. I, my, <laughs> I brain's, know. my brain's mush. But, but, but that's the point. The great thing is that there is so much of him that we have that we wouldn't have otherwise. And it's brought me, it's not just brought me comfort actually listening back over the last few weeks. It's reminded me um, that he said a lot of things which were really smart and he had an outlook and approach to life which was really good. And at the time, I don't think I was always as cognizant of that as I should have been, mostly because I was constantly talking. Are you, are you guys familiar with this concept? I talk too much. Uh, no, I, I, no t- tell us about it. <laughs> okay, hang on. <laughs> Buckle up, everyone. Um, but, yeah, just listening back, and as well as the comfort, it's actually motivating me to... I, to do more stuff. Like, John lived his life the way he wanted to live it. It, it, it wasn't the easy path. John never took the easy path with this stuff. Um, Steve Lloyd <laughs> messaged me the other day and we were again we were just chatting back before this and he, he asked me, oh, was was John the main breadwinner in the family? <laughs> I went, <laughs> you, you know, he's a professional photographer and artist, right, Steve? <laughs> to which Steve replied, well, yeah, that's probably about one step up from being a professional camera maker. But... Um, <laughs> but he 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 lived his life and he made his career the way he wanted it to do like social media he really didn't well he had a a bad relationship with social media he didn't like social media he didn't like what it did for 
art and for mm. creativity and all that stuff. And so he decided that he was going to go his own way completely and try and build his business a different way and share his art in a different way, which he started doing through his patron not patron but his own website patron thing and putting out his quarterly zines and doing this and it was the hard way but it was his way and it was working and i think there's so much to be taken from that approach of just like no you don't have to do what everybody else is doing do things your way typical bloody film photographer trying to make everything more difficult for himself <laughs> That's, well, yeah. that's what that's about. Yeah, that's also very true. Can't just, can't just take a photo. I'm not going to do. I'm going to take a photo, and then I'm going to have to piss around developing it, and then I'm going <laughs> to then I'm going to then I'm going to enlarge it, and print it. It's a process. Yes, tedious, isn't it? Really. <laughs> One of the things when I had him in the shed here, listening back, he reminded me of that the story of when you and he went out for um. Of a walk to make a video about shooting large format. How did that go, Hamish? Yeah, well, I mean, the, I don't know which bit was funniest when when he realised he'd forgotten the bit to attach the. Bearing in mind we were in some woods, and obviously, you know, large format tends to be fairly slow lenses. <clears throat> and the bit where, so yeah, he realised he'd forgotten his tripod. I can't remember which way around it was. <laughs> forgotten his tripod mount so he couldn't mount his tripod to his camera and then the bit where he realized he left his lens behind so he, <laughs> he couldn't also couldn't take a photo anyway well so he's just carrying a large wooden camera. box through the forest for fun <laughs> yeah so i had my camera <clears throat> and, and lens fortunately but i didn't have any way to mount it to a tripod so we used my camera with my lens and his tripod and then my phone i think it was to balance the help balance the <laughs> camera on top of the tripod all of this is on all of this was captured on video which is on uh, on youtube which i shall be watching again at some point in the far distant future <laughs> best thing is, is this that muddling on through thing I mean... it was actually the conversation that we had later on that day and you know i can joke about the kind of tediousness of film photography Obviously, it's a joke, but um, <laughs> obviously, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's quite tedious, isn't it? Really, let's face it. Um, what's this? Sorry, what's this podcast about again? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it has he, a loose theme. Loose theme. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he. The reason I wanted to do that YouTube, I made made. I ended up making two videos with him, and the reason I wanted to do that with him was because you know I've only done a few of those. Um, I've done one. I've done one with John. I did one with John, one with Ashkar, and one with Duncan. And the reason I wanted to do one with John, I might do some more at some point in the future. But John was somebody who I thought I knew that I would get along with, despite the fact that we had very different views about photography, mm. and that. He was, and this is probably why he didn't like, didn't like social media. He was the sort of person that you could have a proper discussion with that, you know, there was, you know, a very nuanced discussion where you would find common ground and find, um, you know, interesting areas of discussion um, about photography 
Whereas I say you don't necessarily agree, but it's a good it's a good conversation if you see what I mean. And there's I mean there are you know there's the the world these days is so much so much black and white and so little nuance and most stuff on YouTube is just you know especially to do with film photography oh this camera is amazing or this thing is amazing or this is the process you need to do or this is the thing that you're supposed to do this is how you do it whereas John I don't think was like that he was very mm-hmm. kind of um uh, you know open to discussion and open to ideas and yes he had his approach and he had his way you know the discussion that we had was was about the kind of value of photography and I was talking to him about the fact that I don't think my photography has any value at all apart from the photos of my kids which have value to me and and I you know that I try to throw my negatives away and all this kind of stuff and this is you know this is like <laughs> you know I mean the, you watch the video the look on his face is absolute horror <laughs> mm, justifiable <laughs> but despite that I mean, the conversation, there is a longer version, actually. I, I'll dig it out and I'll put it live on, on YouTube. But the, the conversation, the, even the short version, you can see that we do find that kind of common ground in our in our views. Um, and that, yeah, it's just, I don't know, he was one of those types of people, I think. I don't know if I'm explaining that very well. That's, what, that's why I felt that he was somebody that I, you know, had a lot of time for. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, he... Claire, you know, you because as so often happens, like a lot of the conversations, you know, we'll record a podcast and then after the podcast, you carry on chatting. And mm. John loved just digging into stuff. He loved those conversations about uh, just getting into things, getting into the nitty gritty. He loved all that stuff. Well, we'd he? be up till, we'd quite often, wouldn't we, finish the podcast and then be talking till like one in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you remember once because I remember that. Um, we talked so late into the morning, into the early hours, that he got, didn't he end up sleeping in the dark shed? <laughs> yes, Remember? He yes. Because <laughs> he didn't want to go in and wake up. And yeah, it. it was so late. So he, he slept in the dark shed. Yeah. But my lasting memory, because I feel I felt really close to John because I think we started the same time, mm-hmm. maybe. And also because um, John would made films as well, and I was making films, and he was really supportive of me, actually. Um, helping me with editing and stuff and giving me advice. And actually, the last, when we had our weekends, so glad we stayed with him. And I, at the photography show, I came a bit early um, before you. I was there before you, wasn't I? And um, because John and I were doing some sort of editing in his dark shed. But my lasting memory of John is um, when I think of John, I always think of the episode when he said he'd never watched a black and white film. <laughs> Do you remember? Yes, I and did. He'd never... And then. Um, I was going on and on about the um, Night of the Hunter, which was a black and white. And I was like, you have to watch it, John. You have to watch it. And fair play, John went away and watched it. And then he sent photographs. Do you remember? Because if you know the film, um, the villain has love, hate written on his tattoos. And then John actually then did a black and white photo. Do you remember? And he sent it to us. I think he sent it, Matt, he sent it on our like, our little WhatsApp group, and it, and he said love it, and he put love on it on his fist. But I always think of John and and him when he said he could never, he'd never watched. He a didn't black watch black. Like that yeah, that was one of those moments where like somebody who is as Hamish you just described was mm. was a, a, a was a deep thinker, 
and was interested in anything. And I think I think one of the reasons that you liked him so much, Claire, was because he always, no matter what crazy idea you'd come up with, John would always go, yeah, you should do that, Claire. And I'm like, yeah, oh, my God, this is insane. Um, but, yeah, to have somebody who you think of as this kind of broad and cultured world traveller to go, yeah, I don't watch black and white films, you go, what? <laughs> Wait, yeah, what? But he'd always he'd always watch. I noticed that about John though. If you mentioned a film, like when I went on and on about Manhunter, he went away and watched it. You know, mm. he would always like watch and, and feed back. And then the other thing I always think about John is, I think he had probably the nicest voice out of all of us on well. the podcast. <laughs> 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 um, it was really funny when we were doing a backing paper, and I can't remember who it was now. Someone had written in. That they'd seen i think it was the first time that we did a video so that people could see us probably a big mistake but <laughs> and then someone had written in that they were shocked because they thought john was like a boomer do you remember mm -hmm. oh really how young he was because <laughs> <laughs> he's got that voice he's got that really that's harsh that that's harsh that, that is that really late middle-aged <laughs> voice you're right claire he does he has got that nice kind of you're lying in bed at night audio audio voice that sends you to sleep <laughs> so boring is essentially and, and he was really talented with with his filmmaking wasn't he and his editing and all that mm. you know you know yeah absolutely I mean, he he had so many strings to his bow we, we we talked about his photography and his darkroom stuff on here but i mean more recently he'd been doing loads of work around various commentary art yeah. stuff and making some really pretty amazing videos of stuff going on there mm. um stuff he he was doing all sorts of really really cool stuff and it's been really nice actually seeing um actually we should say um thank you to everybody and there are countless literally countless mm. people who reached out to us on twitter via email on instagram everywhere um some personal you know private messages whatever it was so many different ways so many people uh got in touch to share their sympathies and their memories and just check in with us and see how we were doing and um cannot thank people enough for that it, it's mm -hmm. been incredible and and i know that Anne marie who is obviously having the worst time of it at the moment but it helps it helps and um yeah people have been amazing in a way that as she as Anne marie has said she just wishes that john could see what he meant to the photographic community because i don't think john was a he was very humble and he was actually he wasn't sure of his own talent and skills in the way that you'd think that somebody with those talent and skills would be um and if he could see what he meant to people and how the things that he did affected people, um, I think he'd be very surprised. I think he'd be very surprised. Yeah. Um, Pleasantly yeah. surprised. I mean, because yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, it's uh, likewise. You know, I I was you know um, amazed in in a, in a wonderful way to to see just how much you know how much people care how much love there was out there for, for john and you know as you said graham we, you know, we received messages ourselves as well about you know checking in on us to check that we were okay which was incredibly thoughtful and you know it's 
uh, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know quite what else to say about that other than thank you, everybody, because it, it, it means such a lot. You know, it's this is the trouble, you see, because I'm not into social media either. Uh, and I, I very much prefer to keep the Internet as a sort of broadcast medium for, for so that people can hear my voice. Uh, um, it's very it's, it works well for me that way. I don't know if any of you feel the same, but it's like, uh, but it's, you know, clearly, you know, the, the number of people, you know, that the, the uh that feel uh, that are part that are part of the the film photography community the the the, you know, the broader community globally even people even down to the the people who actually listen to the podcast which i always find a sort of fantastical notion at the best of times um is yeah it's, it was it was wonderful for, for everybody to get in touch um so thank you thank you all yeah because i mean like we before we started talking about this, before we started recording, you know, we said we we want this to be a positive thing because it would be really easy to to sit here and feel and to 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 feel the loss and to feel sad about what we have lost because it's massive. Like losing John to all of us and to the community, it is massive, and um, and you know, but he wouldn't want that. It, it, like I said, from listening back through the podcast and thinking about all the time I got to spend with somebody who was a very dear friend to me, um, and you just think, what would he do? Because he, inarguably, is a was a far better person than I ever will be, and. Yeah. If there's yeah. if there's something that's going to come from this, and something like, like so when something this shit happens, you you've got to make something, you've got to take something forward from it because otherwise it's a fucking. Well, I'm editing it. My problem. <laughs> it's a waste. Um, <laughs> and so as I said, I I want to take some of the lessons that he put out there not in terms of telling people how they should live their life he never did that but from looking at the way he lived his life and the way he went about his art his creativity and all that stuff and trying to catch for it you know so i I've, I've been in the dark shed this week and i've mm. been like no i'm gonna i'm gonna and for obvious reasons that's not the easiest place for me to be at the moment because it's it, the, that is the place that I most associate with him and not just from the time that we spent together in there on that one day, but because whenever I make prints, I would always be like, take a picture, send to John, say, look what I'm doing, what could be better, all this stuff. So it's a place that's intrinsically linked. But I, I want to... <laughs> I want to be a better creative um, because... I feel like that's like I said. I want to take his inspiration, and I think that, like all of us can, in whatever element, whatever part of John's life, there's something for all of us to take from that um, and move forward with. Because he was, he was a pretty awesome guy. He was a pretty awesome guy. Mm. Shall we talk about? I was going to say let's sw let's switch it up a little bit yes. in a uh, because um, Hamish isn't just welcome here. Uh, <laughs> He's he barely has... welcome here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, you that I, I, well, I just have. Let's just agree to differ on that one because I'm glad to see Hamish. I haven't seen him for a while. 
actually. Yeah. <coughs> uh, so, the other day for one reason or another. Did you know that? Do you remember that fish island that I <laughs> photos of? And it's the, was that uh, so when we came up to to your place, wasn't it? To watch yeah, Tanky. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I've got that really, really close up picture of your face. But... <laughs> Which was taken pre pre pandemic, everybody. Don't get yeah, too yeah. excited, but the lens was probably what a couple of inches from my yeah. face. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Not really ridiculous. That was a good photo. I think you said, I remember you sent me that at the time. Yeah, I got it was the lead photo on the review of the lens. That's right. I forgot about that. Where is my royalty check arriving? <laughs> or is that just my contribution to the community? Yeah, that. <laughs> that yeah, that one. That Your one. contribution to art in general. Yeah. Well, I'd, so so yeah, Hamish. Not only is it good to see you, um, uh, but you're here with something to say and something to share. Yeah. Yes. Well, obviously, yeah. The book that we're um feels slightly odd coming on a podcast such as this to plug my uh, book but there is obviously a reason for that um that being that we are uh dedicating it to john and hopefully raising enough money to make a profit and then to give the profit to um well i guess sam marie or the just giving thing to to then be split however she wants to split it between i think we said you saying that he supported some arts-based charities in Coventry, Graham? And yeah, Anne Marie's working. Well, Anne Marie's in contact with and and working with uh, several of the people who John worked with in the Coventry art scene, um, because and she's basically trying to find ways that she can give money to enable people to create art. Because I think that actually, unless you can bring up this quote that Amory shared on the Just Giving page which is a, in, a a quote that was taken from the um, interview John did with Ilford, so this is John's words he said, I would like artists to be given a platform, time, space and finances to create something that they want and be able to put it out in front of an audience, um, that was something that was important to him, I mean we, we did an entire podcast once talking about what we would do if we had suddenly infinite money to go and do something for art and um you know, it's it, and it's the thing that John felt passionately that you know he to remove the uh, barriers to being able to actually create art is is an incredible thing to be able to do, and that's what Amory would like to be able to do, and also to to set up a, a fund for Harriet, um, so that I mean, nothing's clearly it goes without saying, nothing is ever going to come within a million square miles of compensating for not having a father around that can't happen but hopefully at some point in her future it will be there to help her at a time that will be useful and like you do what you can do right with these things um and because it's not just dedicated to john is it, you you're going to feature some of his work in there as well is that right hamish yes yeah so and we'll have so there's 49 there will, so the book, I'll tell you a bit about the book, shall I? So the book is, um, was really, it was put together by Holly, who <clears throat> does some work with me on 35MMC, uh, is working on the Analog Spotlight project. Mm. And um, the, uh, and Pixelator, she just does 
works with the stuff that I do. And she decided in a year, over a year ago, that it might be nice to do like a 35 MMC zine or something. So she started talking to people about the idea of um, getting together a, a group of photographers who had in in some way um, responded to COVID with uh, sort of through their photography. So either sort of dealing with their anxiety or um, just distracting them or being inspired by COVID in, in, in pretty much any way. And she, uh, she wanted to, you know, create, I think her original idea was a, a small zine <laughs> that spiraled somewhat out of control when she realized just how many people had written about COVID for 35 MC, including a chap called Marcus, um, an Austrian photographer who then put her in touch with a lot of other photographers. <laughs> she ended up with 49 photographers who uh, were happy to contribute something to the book. Um, and with a bit of help from me in terms of the like laying out of the design, um, yeah, we created this 200 page. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's really it, the what the sort of wealth of different. I mean, it's from you know the people who are in it are from all over the world and from all sorts of different backgrounds. Um, so the kind of the wealth of different responses in there is is fascinating, really. Um, so and and I think you know John would have quite liked the book. Um, so yeah, I think we're hoping to find some of his pictures that he potentially took during covid doesn't necessarily matter if they were or weren't but i guess it would be most appropriate if they were and then have some people write um you know maybe get some of his quotes together like mm. quotes that you like the one you just shared and then have a couple of people write a few sentences about him make it a bit more of a mm. bit more than just a dedication and then obviously what i you know what i'm hoping we'll we'll write a bit about for me i mean i don't know where you know you don't know where you know harriet's going to be in 15 20 years or whatever but i think it'd be a nice memento for how well connected and what john meant to the film photography community that people mm. all kind of club together to make this book a reality yeah um, i think it's a great idea i, I, I really think it's a fantastic idea yeah, absolutely. Um, keeping that, keeping John's legacy alive. I think. Too, and I don't think I have any zines in my collection that are as big as two hundred pages. It's not, is a zine, like, it's not a zine anymore. It's just a book. It's more like a phone book now, is it? It's, it <laughs> is a big. It's a big. Well, we worked out on the on the website that we're getting them printed through. It estimates that the book will be at, at one kilo. <laughs> wow! Yeah. So by weight alone, you know this book is going to be good, right? Because <laughs> that's how we, that's how I judge all the quality yeah. of all books. Go how heavy? This is quite heavy. This must be a good heavy photos or good photos. Um, and there's some really good photographers in it um, whose names are going to entirely escape me. But there are. Uh, <laughs> just make you know. it a surprise. It's not that they escape me. I know who loads of photographers are, but I mean, it would it would be I would. There's 40, 50 with John, so it's a, a long list. If you go on the if you go on the uh, Kickstarter, you'll see the list. 
Yeah. I wouldn't want to be, pick anybody out. The, you know, there's a couple of relatively well-known photographers on there. Um, not that that makes any difference at all. It's not about who's well-known and who's not well-known. In fact, Clearly. it's about it's it's about who actually. The, what's interesting about it is some of the photos that are in there are photos that people have taken whilst they were walking their dog because that was literally the only thing <laughs> that they were doing with their lives. Um, and then, but then you know, on the other end of the spectrum, it's and I mean, you know, there's a series of pictures of somebody's dog, I think, and then at the other end of the spectrum, there's um you know really sort of extremely um creative stuff where people have there's a guy there's one particular photographer who's shot this kind of like set scene where they've got this like iv drip hanging from it going into somebody's arm and stuff and it's obviously comments on comments on the situation as it was there's load you know and, and another one where there's kind of like this kind of like stuff all stuck to somebody's face i think it is with kind of writing on it and stuff that's all a bit harrowing and yeah like i say that and then you know some street photography uh, photography and then um some um what do you call it souping and things from mm. an, an eclectic mix by the yeah, sound yeah, of it yeah absolutely but the thing that joins it all together of course is and each photographer, each photographer also write, has a page of their own writing about their own experiences as well. Um, and obviously the thing that joins them together is it, it is all about photography as a response to COVID. Well, and apparently, you know, the situation that people were in at the time. Holly calls it a, what does she call it? Like a, Oh, I can't, I've started the sentence now. I can't remember how she said it. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Tell us, tell us some facts that instead of trying to, instead of trying to remember it, so t- tell us some facts, right? Because the uh, yeah, you you mentioned the kick the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Is that the the primary way people can get their hands yep. on this book? So we've had a few, a couple of fairly generous people who have put their uh, hand in the pocket and bought ten copies and have said that they mm. were. Um, either give them out or, um, you, you know, once the Kickstarter's ended, they want to see the Kickstarter a success and then they'll do something with the books, the extra books that they've bought. But essentially, yeah, if you want a copy, um, you've got to back, you've got to back the Kickstarter. We're not, we're not going to make any more than we make through the, through the project. Um, yeah. And it's the Kickstarter's what do we what should we search for on kickstarter to find uh, it just you can just search on google photography through the pandemic photography through the pandemic ah okay right so yeah, so that gets... on google it'll just come up kickstarter at the top and we're um 20-ish days in i think and we're nearly two-thirds of the way funded so and we've got uh, it's a long cat's a 50 day a 60 day campaign or 59 day campaign or whatever so we've got to it ends on christmas day oh wow that wasn't oh, intentional okay. by any stretch of the imagination. It just felt like that. <laughs> so, so yes. Uh, well, in which case, then, at, at um, it, with, with t- time still to go, um, but uh, but m- money still to be gained, or or what do they call it? On is it a pledge? They call it on on pledge, Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. Pledges, so, yeah, pledges. We won't. Nobody takes any. We have to. The project has to be successful. It has to meet its goal for um anybody's money to be taken if it doesn't meet the goal then we then we get we get nothing and the project doesn't happen 
so so it should be crap every so so people need to go do this then people people well, do as you're told yes get on it do, do as you're told go do it graham have you got your like your sergeant major voice you can do or something like that <laughs> nobody go. nobody ever takes anything i say seriously i'm the worst person to tell you to do anything um well but, i'll just say it then go 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 back the book go go search photography through the pandemic on google or or even on kickstarter if you choose to um go go back the book go buy a copy buy more than one copy yeah. 10 copies sounds like a lot Sounds quite heavy. <laughs> yeah, ten kilos. I, I did the math. Yeah, because yeah. because <laughs> yeah, nice one, brains. Thanks. Because things, and I said I said this on um, Twitter. I think it was you support this. One, you're doing you're doing a positive thing. Full stop. You're gonna get what sounds like a really awesome book about a. And I say this with sincerely, hoping that I'm right. Unique time in our lives. Um, and you are going to help perpetuate the memory of John, keep his legacy and his place within our hearts and our community alive in our brains. And um, and really, when we're gone, all that's left of us, I've been thinking about this over the last few weeks, is <laughs> kind of like the echoes of, of who we were. Cause that's it you know uh, basically how all that's left is the the stuff we left behind in our life and how we affected those around us and the echo that's come back about how important john was to people has been huge it's been amazing uh, and i it's something it's so important to all of us here that that is perpetuated as much as we can not just for ourselves but especially for Anne marie and especially for Harriet, so that because it, it, she's two. She turned two on the day that her father died. It's as shitty as it can be because she's never going to have any first-hand memories of her dad of her own. She just isn't. That's not the way brains work. So all that we can do to keep John's memory alive in us, and through his work and through the spirit that he very fully embodied. I mean, this is the thing about John. Like if you heard John on a podcast or if you met John in the street, the John that you heard or met, that was John, 100% John. He was the most one-faced person you will ever meet. There was no John for the podcast, John when he's off air. It's like, no, that's just John. He was 100% John and you got the full John experience no matter how briefly you interacted with him. And... If we can keep that alive within us, then at least there will be something there for Harriet to go. I know who my father was because of how he affected those around him, and that's something great. It's not not everything, but it's something. Um, we should, Very well said, mate. We should probably also mention that Hamish, you also mentioned this. So if you've already been and backed Hamish's book, uh, good, you've done that part well. If you would also like to donate money directly to um, Amory's Just Giving page. I think um, I'm terrible with knowing how you search for things. Um, but it's Anne-Marie Brownlee. Um, there'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, the This page went up on... What day was it? Tuesday, I think? Monday or Tuesday. Um, and the response has been great. It has been, it has been so lovely to see so many people from the photography community 
sharing their kindness with Amory and Harriet. And um, yeah, it's just been really lovely to see. Really, really lovely. So if you would like to do that, there will be a link in the show notes or go to Just Giving and search for Anne Marie Brownlee and you will find it there. Um, uh, so that's really lovely. And I think there's going to be more things coming up in the future to hopefully, again, just remember John, keep mm. keep that. Um, for anybody who, I mean, I don't know where the people, but um, John's funeral is taking place on the 3rd of December in Nuneaton. If anybody who is listening to this would like to come, please get in touch with me um, through any of the means that you can get in touch with me. You'll figure out your bright buttons. Um, and I can give you the details for that. Um, but also, we will be organising um, a get-together in Coventry in mm-hmm. the new year, in January at some point. We haven't done yet because we're getting past one thing at a time um but it is going to happen and um we're hoping we might be able to or we're hoping that some of john's art friends and commentary might be able to organize an exhibition of his work there that we will then be able to tie in with a get together and a photo walk and a good time to get john's friends together to have a good time and remember him um do a thing that he would want to be doing right that's that's what we do um and we've also got another half-baked idea that <laughs> we might be kicking into gear. Um, I don't want to go into in any detail at this point. I will just say, if any of our listeners, and I know some of you do, if any of you are in the UK and you're big into bulk loading film and <laughs> are feeling helpful, hit me up. <laughs> please, <laughs> please go and hit me up. Um, but yeah, so uh, more stuff to come on that. Is there anything else you guys can... I think that's it. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, sorry, I'm shaking my head for the, for the benefit of those <laughs> listening audience. to this on the video. I'm shaking my head, which isn't very helpful, is it? No, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, uh, no, I just glad, glad that, glad that we've had the opportunity to to talk about John uh, and things that he's done and and share memories in, in a positive way. Um, uh, you know, I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, as crazy it, as that as crazy as that might sound and as crappy as it is that we have to do it um yeah glad that we glad that we've been able to but people might be listening to this and they might be thinking well especially like, why is graham sounding so upbeat and cheerful um when i think of john all of those memories are happy memories i John was just one of those people who I had the most fun with and could be the most myself with. And <laughs> um, uh, uh, Anne-Marie messaged me and said, you, 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 you're such a nice person. They said, no, I'm not. I said, I'm an, I'm an arsehole. There are many people who will back this up. But I said, but the thing is, John was one of those people who would just put up with the full 100% arsehole me. And the flip side of that is that when needed, you get the occasionally nice bit of me. And so anne is getting that. Um, yeah, all of my memories with John are just of laughter and great conversation and just happiness and joy. Um, what I'm going to do after this, after you finish listening to us talking, is um, I'm going to dig out, and I've already started doing it, 
just some clips of John from the various shows that we've done together um, over the last year and a half of having him on the podcast. Um, some of them just things that make me laugh listening back to them. Um, some of them, some of his incredible explanations for uh, for things that make literally no sense. I, I was reminded when listening back that he his explanation of how he understood eight by ten versus ten by eight, and it's it's nonsense. <laughs> just bloody it's nonsense. A totally different thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It depends. Apparently, it depends on what side. Just don't. I'll share that. Um, and you know, some of the the longer thoughts he had on things, um, but. Because, like I said, they've been bringing me joy listening back to them, and um, and that's how I want to. That's how I want to remember John, and and we're going to be going forward as well, aren't we, Aid? You know, I was, yeah. So, so I was getting. Yeah, I don't know uh, quite how we sign out of, of, of a conversation like this. Um, I I will not embarrass us all by trying to do my normal sign out for Sunday Sixteen show because, <laughs> yeah, I I stumble through that at the best of times uh but yeah um we we will be back Sun, sunny 16 uh, it's gonna be different um but it but it's not going away we're not going away um graham's not going away sorry Claire's not going away <laughs> <laughs> hey hamish is welcome to stay and visit as long as he likes <laughs> aid does not speak for everybody <laughs> <laughs> And there, and there you have it, folks. The essential dynamic of the podcast <laughs> back in play. Um, and you know, we're, we've got some. We, we've been talking, we, yeah, as, as you might expect, uh, of how we achieve that and what it means to us all. Um, and <coughs> you know, uh, and and uh, it it will be very different for us. No doubt, it'll be very different for for many of you out there. Um, but yeah, the we we have some some thoughts uh, and we have some things that we'd like to do. And the Sunny Sixteen podcast will continue. Uh, we'll be back in a little while. Um, uh, not not too long. Um, not too long. Um, and uh, something something that uh, is a poor shadow of normal ex- normal service, um, but something that hopefully everybody can can rally around and enjoy will be resumed in the not too distant future. And on that, I don't know how we get out of this podcast, Graham, because have we got music? Music, a little bit of interlude. Have you got a little bit of interlude uh, music? Like, you know, like the, the something that doesn't get us kicked off podcast channels for copyright infringement, but but it's a nice segue into the stuff that you're going to be putting together. I'll find something nice. and. Uh, you know what? John has some great jazzy music on his um, Dark Shade Conversations. Oh, oh, you also, you had the Pink Panther kind of music for your... Um, for, oh, I'll find something. <laughs> I'll find something to segue smoothly into. <laughs> With the utmost good taste, you know what the one thing I just want to finish this up when, when um, I went to visit Amory a few weeks ago and we went into John's dark shed together, which obviously is an emotional thing, but we wanted to essentially make sure that there was nothing turned on and bubbling that needed to be turned off, and uh, we were looking around like, God, this stuff I need to sort out, and Amory saw this old nineteen eighties mobile phone Motorola brick thing. It's like, what on earth is that there for? I said, oh, ah, um, well, that was an idea John had. He wanted to do some sort of photography shoot because there's also a briefcase there. And again, this is going to be more more bleeping required for me. But he had this broad idea in his head of a project he wanted to do called Business Cunt. 
it. <laughs> and Amory's like, if I knew about some of this stuff, I would definitely have said no. <laughs> so, um, you know, this is the kind of legacy that we will be bringing forward. Uh, these are the important things that we will be bringing forward. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I shared that. Oh. I'm, glad, I'm glad you shared that as well. That's a, that's a nice one. So, so cue, cue the music then and uh, let's stop listening to us and start listening to John, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. See you soon, folks. Take care. How much detail do you want me to <laughs> vocalise as we go? Yeah, yeah. All, all, yeah that yeah. would be fantastic. You don't edit these, we... do you? So that's going <laughs> to say that. I know. <laughs> I don't know what he thinks we do. Get home, copy over, upload, done. <laughs> I don't know. That means all this shit is going to be. Dad, you got any good jokes? You got any good jokes? I'm just swore for your dad. I've got a theory on eight by ten. Go on. (laughs) So the way I I number it is eight by ten is eight on the vertical, ten on the horizontal, and then if I'm doing a portrait print, it's ten by eight. So the first number is the vertical, (laughs) second number is the horizontal. There you go. Uh, this is a theory. <laughs> it's just a theory. I'm trying it out. <laughs> no, it's not Let's sticking. See if it catches on. <laughs> yeah, it's not sticking. Perfect. Okay. So, this, so this is a uh, yeah. This is an eight by ten. But if it was in portrait, it would be ten, 10 by eight. Okay, good. Well, that's not. But this is a portrait print, so it's ten by eight. Right. I'm going to let you crack on with that then. <laughs> confusion. I don't, like. I, I'll, I'll tell you what cameras I've, I've got. Okay, and I don't normally do. I don't normally talk about what cameras I've got because they are very specific to me and what works for me. Um, and I think that's the best route to go down. So, mm. like, for thirty-five mil, I've got uh, a Nikon. I started with a Nikon FM3A, and I got that because I was shooting um, Nikon DSLR for work. So my lenses were my manual lenses were compatible with it. Mm. okay and so i started shooting with that it's all great uh, it's a lovely solid camera but it's like manual focus <clears throat> so for event photography i got asked to do a wedding i don't normally do weddings uh, but i was crapping myself about focus you know at a wedding so i was like i need something that's that's a bit better than this so i invested in an f6 okay which is a wonderful camera and I haven't touched my FM3A since mm. um, because it's just like I, I dropped it on the floor the other day. I dropped oh. it on the road, right? But it's absolutely fine. It's got a small crack on the front of it, but it's absolutely fine. That's how amazing like, and a working camera that is for somebody yeah. who's actually using it, um, not just to like, go out and take a few like, family shots or whatever. It's rock solid and... It's incredibly fast. The focusing's great on it. Um, it's just superb. So, like, they're they're very much working tools. Mm. Um, medium format. I've got I'm a Mia Seven, which I I absolutely love. Apart from the shape of it, um, I bought that. Like talking about my travelling photos when I went travelling five years ago, um, I bought it for that trip and. I was just getting back into film and I was like, I want to shoot medium format rather than 35 mil. And that was 
I came to the conclusion that was the one I wanted because of the metering. Um, yeah, the metering in it, basically. And it, it's just a, it's a horrible shape to take travelling. <laughs> yeah. think... It's got interchangeable lenses as well. Like, the lenses on it are superb. Mm. Um, but, yeah, like, but it took me to, like, have that trip with it to realise the form factor of it is just shocking, really. And I, but I do, I do love it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, and it enabled me to get some, in, in my view, some incredible photos from, and I wasn't very proficient with film photography at that point, and I still got some great photos with it. Yeah. Um, so, and it, it is fairly solid for like that sort of photography. You know, I was like jumping in, in and out of tuk-tuks with it. You know, and it, it's fine. You know. Um, so that's kind of, I have got another, I've got a, a, a TLR, I've got a Mamiya C330 medium mm -hmm. format, which I very rarely use. Um, it's kind of, it's good when I go to like do workshops and art fairs and stuff to have on the table because it's just very <laughs> catching, I guess. Shame <laughs> on like, you, people look Shame at on it. you. Well, <laughs> people look at it and just go, oh, that's an old camera. You know, can you still get a film for it? It's like, yeah, you can. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I very rarely shoot with that. And then I've got a chroma for my large format camera. Yeah. So I've pretty much got one camera for each format. Hamish came up the other week to record one of his video things. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we went out to do some large format shooting and uh, we packed everything. We had a bit of a chat, <coughs> packed everything up, went out into the woods, opened my bag and realised I hadn't packed a lens. <laughs> He's like, well, that's me out of shooting. <laughs> yeah, I think he called me a prick. <laughs> really, Hamish? Uh, you do surprise me. Did they say that it's got like a spec sheet inside the box? It hasn't, has it? Uh, this one doesn't seem to. It, it might have done. Rachel might have stolen that. You know what she's like. I'm just wondering if they've changed the um, instructions from the previous paper. Um, because, like, Multigrade 4 is. What is it, 30 seconds in OnePlus 9 developer? Oh no, it's 60 seconds for RC in OnePlus 9. <clears throat> then you stop that and then you fix her at OnePlus 4 is 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering if it's any different for the new paper. I don't know. Um, also, I haven't got any way of timing anything, so... Okay, so it doesn't <laughs> really doesn't matter. <laughs> Even even better. <laughs> I have got uh, uh, okay. One, once we've done this, <laughs> test, um, I have got a timer uh, which is um, helpfully uh, attached to the toaster in the kitchen. So <laughs> that's what you need. Is right? it the toaster? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you put it down. You set it to um, thick white bread. Put that down, and by the time it pops, your your um, print's ready. So uh, in the dip, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Start counting. I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Right. 60 seconds. Yeah. I assume. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we didn't check was that you actually had the paper and the easel facing the correct way. What kind of an idiot do you take me you for, John? Don't answer that question. Don't listen. Again, what kind of an idiot do you take me for? Fill paper, you better start consistent changing. Consistent one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It is the consistency that is the important thing. Um, See, it's changing. Oh, I was for a <laughs> I knew I got it the right way around, <laughs> but you really made me down myself, and I'm very glad to see that change. I, I was doing a print the other day, and I 
I put the paper in completely the wrong way around and it just fucks me for ages. <laughs> I, I'm going through a phase of like complete uncertainty with what I'm doing at the moment. Mm. And I just seem to be making loads of mistakes and I can't resolve them very quickly. Yeah. Even though they're really basic things. Look at that. It's looking beautiful That's already, pretty good, isn't, isn't it? it? That's looking pretty good. what I'm saying about this paper. They, so quite often I've been doing split grades to just really get nice images. Yeah. Like good contrast, good tonal range, all that malarkey but this paper it just it just pops yeah for want of a, a better yeah. word so do you reckon that's long enough no <laughs> oh come on <laughs> I'm sure it's been 60 seconds it's not even close to 60 seconds what? I bet it is it's not listeners right yeah. in <laughs> touch on these wrong <laughs> can you so, okay so obviously you can underdevelop paper yeah can you easily overdevelop it not easily. Uh, if you left it in, I so the slot process I use, you have to clip the paper to these little clips that it hangs on. Yeah, I've had it where it's fallen off the clip because I haven't attached it properly, and it's fallen in the developer, and I've had to get little implements to dig it all out. So it's been in there a good, I don't say five, ten minutes maybe, and by the time I've taken it out of that, it's just completely black. Yeah. So that like at some point, overdevelopment kicks in and it yeah. just completely goes. Yeah. That has to be 60 seconds now, John. Yeah, okay, let's, uh, okay. let's pretend it's 60 seconds. Uh, I, I, again, it definitely <laughs> is. It was actually over two minutes, obviously. Um, I get the last word on that one. Who or what are some of the things that have inspired you in your photographic journey? I I, I really struggle with these sort of questions because I, I, don't, I don't kind of analyse what I do. I probably should, but I think... Most of the time, my inspiration starts from a process. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll, I'll get in, intrigued by a, um, a process, whether that's, I don't know, like, it, it could just be a film, like a particular mm-hmm. film that's been developed in a certain way that creates an aesthetic, or it could be, um, I don't know, like a photographic process or a darkroom process that I've seen. I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. I'll give that a go. And then from that, I then, I think I probably then start to utilise it as a tool, you know. So if I'm then taking photos of something else, I think, oh, well, actually, that process would work well for that subject or for that idea. Um, I, I must be influenced by photographs and photographers that I see, mm. but I don't, I don't know if I consciously put that into my work. Okay. Can you give us an example of like a process where you've gone through this process? Of, oh, you've seen somebody doing something and you've followed it through and where it's gone. Oh man! <laughs> I mean, you said it, sunshine. <laughs> not me. Memory does not. Um, right. Let's think of one. Uh, oh, so a few weeks ago, I it was when I started doing my YouTube um, streams and stuff. I saw. I don't know if you've seen. Um, I can't remember his name, Danny and Dan on Twitter, they started doing a quarantine zine and the front cover of it had that kind of classic zine look look with like, um, it's like a torn paper with the text in the middle of it um, on top of a, a black and white image that was then photocopied for the zine. I saw that and I thought, well, how, how can I make that in the dark room? How can I create that through only analogue processes? And that that served as the inspiration to then go down the route of like creating masks out of torn bits of card, 
creating um i was like hand drawing the text to write the text which i then uh, burnt onto the the paper as well so i ended up with this dark green print that looks like the cover of a magazine you know or like i think somebody said that it could be like uh, an album cover that's sort of like it's got a graphic design element to it as well um so that's something i guess that i've done recently that's that inspired me and it was and that was just a post that i saw on twitter you know that somebody else had produced so this is the thing that you're uh, largely just now is a big red button how satisfying is that thumping the big red button satisfying but also probably creates an enormous amount of vibration and movement you are your such a party i just play my role <laughs> don't take away my one joy in life which is hitting the big red button excessively hard put it on the floor and kick it <laughs> right I would love to explore the idea of what you would do if somebody came up to you uh, and said, um, we love what you're doing. We want to give you a bursary of, I don't know, £5,000 a month to just go and for a year, just <coughs> go and make art. Okay. Uh, right. So what would I, I'd, I'd go traveling. Definitely. Now, that's my, the first thought that pops into my head. It's just like, I would just go get on a plane and I'd do, I'd just like country hop as much as possible um, and take lots of photos. So, also. okay. So, oh, oh, and what would be the, what would you be looking for? Um, just to have, like, it, I don't think it would be necessarily photography driven. It would just be, <laughs> oh, just be a party. I mean, I just want to <laughs> refer you back to the initial point of this concept is to free you up to make the best art you can and the art you want to, not just John goes on the jolly. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be on a jolly. I wouldn't, it's not I'd spend it all on fast cars and booze. <laughs> I would be like going to the East Coast of Australia and reliving my, my youth, you know, and just travelling around on a bus. It, I, I think, like for me, in those sort of situations, I make my best work when I'm not really thinking about it and I'm just experiencing stuff and living and going with the flow. Um, and that, like, I really like working like that because it takes the pressure off, doesn't it? Rather than thinking, oh, this is what I'm trying to achieve. I've got to do this by a certain time or this is what my intent is. And if I don't do it, I'm going to fail. It's like I'm just having a great experience and I'm capturing everybody and meeting in the yeah. environments I'm going to. But without yeah. intent, see, this is the thing that kind of comes back. If you're not working with intent, are we not just talking about glorified holiday snaps at the end? Um, hmm. <laughs> you, you <laughs> does seem like you're just trying to use this. I mean, I'm not saying that going traveling and taking pictures isn't a good thing to do, but you know, but like could... this, this is the thing, isn't it? Like, if you're removing all restrictions, so like you're suddenly given a load of cash, there's no you're not giving the money for a purpose. You're doing it because it's something you're choosing to do. It's it's massively selfish. So it's like, why not? That's yeah, what I'd want to do. But it is still about making the art, though. I, like I said, I, I want to come back to this. <laughs> I want it to be about making the art. And I suppose the question is, like, if we're saying, okay, you've been given this golden opportunity, everything has been lined up, is it going to give you... Uh, how is it going to make you make better art? I mean, you're saying you, know, you can go and do things freely, but do you think that you would produce better art because of this? No, not necessarily. No, not at all. Like sometimes those restrictions are, are the things that help you 
like look harder and try harder aren't they and look for other things that are within the boundaries of those restrictions it's same as selling all your cameras you know yeah. if you've only got one camera and one lens then that's absolutely fine you work to those limitations and you make the most of it and sometimes you'll you'll get better results because of that yeah i certainly wouldn't go out and buy a load of equipment like it wouldn't be gear driven at all it would be about having experiences and and going to places and seeing things that i've like with fresh eyes yeah yeah it's a big holiday we, we've very much got that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'll keep pushing the point I'll keep pushing. <laughs> somebody... funnily enough i'm actually like i'm starting to think about doing like patron stuff and you know like how like people do like um they always have these random like high priced um bids that people can do to support what you're doing one of mine is definitely going to be fund me to go traveling fund me <laughs> to go on a uh, never-ending holiday please uh, yeah, and I think that does come down to your intent, doesn't it? Because, like, say, if you're just going to take the kind of classic photos in in a destination, and that's your intent, that that's perfectly fine and generally quite achievable in short periods because the whole infrastructure of kind of tourism is set up about getting you to those places so you can take the photo and other can, people can see them, and then other people want to go there as well and see these wonderful things. Um, but if your intent is something else, then I, I personally enjoy times when those things unfold when you're in places and you meet people and that leads to other opportunities and you spend more time doing other things. Um, uh, maybe there's a case for actually doing those sort of things from home. You know, mm. Do the research beforehand and getting in touch with people so you kind of you hit the ground running when you're there. Um, that could work. You know, it's, but if you've got limitless time and, and finances, then why not just spend your life traveling around and living on the move? Yeah. Me and I'm thinking another one is Night of the Hunter. You know, that the black and white film. I, I, um, I can't watch black and white films. I, know, I love black and white photography, but I actually I can't watch black and white films. <laughs> they annoy me so much. I find them, like, I really struggle watching black and white moving image. It just. So you have no idea Just, how the Wizard of Oz starts or indeed finishes. Oh, I love that yeah, that's that's a different that's a different case. That is <laughs> like just general old films, like mm. black and white films. I just I can't get into it. They just feel so dated to me. Whereas I black and white photography for some reason doesn't feel like that. What is inspiring uh, you uh, in this picture that you're looking right, okay, at? Okay, I've opened the book. It's a picture of Gene Kelly in 1945. And he's sat on a stool, uh, hands on hips, and he just, he looks like he's kind of in a light-hearted strop, right? <laughs> and <laughs> just a bit moody, a bit, but like, not unhappy. But it's it's that moment, like the lights on him, it's composed where you can see elements of the set. Um, he sat on a table, actually. So it's like, it's very casual. But it's like, I've got no idea what the context is. I don't know what was being filmed or anything like that, but it, like, it just kind of, it says more about that as a person and what they're doing there, I think, than 
than than a crap photo of, of that situation. <laughs> <laughs> Eloquently put. Um, Sorry, I'm terrible at, at describing these sort of things. No, you did a great job. Um... <laughs> to me, photography is a result of life experiences. You know, it's it's not a, a photography doesn't. It's not the other way around. It's like I'm producing images because of the, the experience I'm having in my life. And that's I think that's the same for everyone's art. It's like ultimately it's it's yours and that can only come as a product of what you're experiencing. Sound pretty easy to me. I, I love this these instructions. This is the favourite my favourite thing that I've ever seen in the instructions. Finger condoms. <laughs> Have you got some finger condoms? <laughs> I certainly do. <laughs> For safer selenium handling. <laughs> and I get pregnant from doing this turning. <laughs> not with me, not. <laughs> well, you've already got one on the way. We know, we know, <laughs> we know how potent one. you are, John. Yeah, the, the print's all developed, so this is all just daylight stuff now. Yeah, we're, all, we're good to go. Right, so we need to... Just quick question oh, before we, gloves um, yeah, gloves on, finger condoms on. Yeah. Um, I've, from now on, that, I, that's what I think. I might even write finger condoms on the box, so <laughs> I never forget. <laughs> uh, fat finger condoms. You need another finger condom? Things you've broken yours with your great big condom. I've brought my own gloves. <laughs> Did I bring my own gloves? They're too small. Oh my god. <laughs> god. You're like Steve Lloyd with your tiny hands. <laughs> He's like a full body suit, Steve. <laughs> like, like, it's it's such a. I'm gonna have a little social media rant here. I, like, one of the big problems with social media, and it's like it's conflicted with darkroom printing. I think in that social media almost demands that you're posting constantly new, exciting, highly polished, modern stuff. Um, whereas darkroom printing and analog processes are the complete opposite of that, aren't they? You know, like, I, would, I had this thought the other day. It's like, would I rather take 365 okay photos a year or make one amazing one? And my answer is I'd, I'd rather make one amazing photo, but that doesn't align with social media no, or like no, no. at all these days, does it? Like regards being a photographer and trying to get your work out there. But personally... If finances permitted, I would much rather make one amazing photo than yeah. constantly churning out okay stuff. Um, some people can churn out amazing stuff 365 days a year, but uh, and and that's great and like they're perfect platforms for it. But I think if your process is slower and your intent and that the way you work is slower, they're just not great platforms for that. Well, it's it's, a, it's the drug. Like for me, I'm. I guess I'm quite, I get quite addicted to things. And I think those platforms, like I'm only starting to now realize as I'm drawing away from them, it's like how much I, like personally, I'm affected by that drive to need to do stuff. And yes, like the, the layers are different. It's like, because I try and earn my living from photography, there's a necessity to do it from that point of view. But it's still there's still an addictive quality to it that mm. I think is actually damaging for work as for, like, for what you create as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah, it it can all it can all burn into the ground if you ask me. But there we go. <laughs>
a small bit of panic's kicking in right now because I guess it's been, I've got half an hour left and I've just got the shop set up. Um, I've got the bag with the veg hanging off the C stand. I've got a black curtain behind. I've got two flashes set up. Um, I've just done some metering tests using a digital camera. Now the next dilemma I've got is how the hell am I gonna open up the bottom of the bag, have everything fall out and capture that shot without my hand being it, how, how I'm gonna rip the bottom of the bag and then also reuse that. Um, uh, so one idea I've got is that I actually just kind of, I almost fake it and have everything suspended on a board like half in the bag and I just whip the board away when that's done <coughs> I trigger the camera at that very point <laughs> this is crazy um I'm gonna do a quick test shot like that everything's gonna hammer to the floor so actually what I want to do is set up some sort of cushion for everything to land on um <laughs> I think this <laughs> these fruit and veg are just gonna be absolutely destroyed in the process of this but uh, we'll see what happens let's lay down some towels maybe <laughs> i've got a load of tea towels in the dark room put those down uh a hoodie i'll put that down as well try and soften the landing right so here's the first test i'm gonna in fact i don't need to do this on the stand so i'm ripping open the bottom of the bag already the blueberries are escaping everywhere Oh no, the bag's just ripping everywhere. Oh, the blueberries all over the place. This is a terrible idea. I'm have to go for plan B. What was plan B? I don't even know if I had a plan B. Right, here we go. Right, ah, oh, damn it. I'm stood in front of one of the flashes. check the uh, the image on the back of the camera and it's uh, it's quite funny actually it's just a milk bottle suspended in midair can't see any of the fruit and veg so I'm going to sack off the milk because everything else is falling out oh no I've got mushed <laughs> blueberries all over the floor oh, if I can capture some of these blueberries in midair though it's going to look great Yep, bananas have bruised already as well. Just previewing the shot now. Oh, it looks pretty good though. Oh, just trying on a blueberry and another one. Trying to put the kind of larger items at the bottom and all the mashed <laughs> blueberries on the top. Okay, so there's the setup. Bag. There we go. That one seemed quite successful. Oops. Some might say this is a complete waste of veg, but uh, art involves sacrifice, right? I think it's 
the important thing for me for what I'm doing at the moment is that I'm doing something about it. I like and th- by do- like doing what I'm doing, which for anybody who doesn't know, I'm kind of ditching social media regards where I post the images that I create and putting them mainly on my website and into a, print- a printed zine uh, quarterly. And I don't know what's going to happen with it. I don't know like if I'm going to have themes for those. I don't know what sort of work is going to be going into them because I, I don't plan that far ahead with, with what I'm creating. But it's just, it's an expression of how frustrated I am with modern technology regards kind of how you get your work out there. And this is my kind of response to it, basically. It's like, I'm fed up with this. Mm. I need to, I need to change things um, for me. Now, mm. there's a lot of people out there that think it's absolutely great, but I do think that all exists in a bubble and I just want to smash out of that and do something different, really. What was the question? <laughs> what were we talking about? Like the men. <laughs> I don't go into it thinking, will anybody be interested in this? It's like... Like a big part of creating is like that doesn't matter because it's all about you, isn't it? <laughs> it's what's inside your head, Fair and may, maybe somebody will be, and that'd be great if one person gets something from it. That's that's a wonderful feeling. Yeah, you know, just go go with that. On that note, <laughs> I'm going to stop recording.